Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why hundreds of ducks are employees at a wine vineyard, a musical invention that was the Victorian version of Spotify, and a delicious mathematical principle known as the ham sandwich theorem. (laughs) Ham sandwich mathematics and ducks that work in a vineyard. Those are funny April Fool's jokes, Ashley. What are the real stories we're doing today? No, Cody, those are those are real. Those are all real things. You're not messing with me. No, you know I hate April Fool's Day. So we're doing some things that are actually real, but just kind of wacky. All right, fine. Let's dive in, but I'm going to be fact-checking you as we go along. <laughs> all right. Let's satisfy some curiosity. What would you think if you saw a herd of ducks, several hundred strong, running in formation through a vineyard? You might wonder whether you've had too much wine. But at the Veranude Wine Estate in Stellenbosch, South Africa, this is a daily and surprisingly orderly occurrence. These are Indian runner ducks, and they're employed at the vineyard to help with pest control. While that might sound unusual, putting ducks to work actually has a long history, both at this vineyard and around the world. The ducks work five hours a day, five days a week. Picture this scene, which happens every morning at 9.45. The ducks are released en masse, running in formation, bodies and beaks all in the same direction. They even manage to turn at the same time. The web-footed staff members aren't a new addition either. The estate has had runner ducks for 30 years. These aren't your average duck pond ducks, though. They have a unique body type that's been described as a bowling pin with legs, and they have a posture similar to a penguin. They're about 20 to 30 inches tall, which makes them tall enough to grab slugs and snails from higher plants and skinny enough to fit through the vines. And they don't waddle. As their name suggests, they do, in fact, run. And that's pretty important, considering the vineyard has 140 acres of vines to debug. The ducks help reduce the use of pesticides and make the vineyard a unique tourist attraction to boot. The ducks get something out of it too, of course. They get to gorge on pests all day long. And runner ducks have a really long history too. They've been used by rice farmers in China for hundreds of years. Farmers have been selecting the best foragers to breed, so over time the species have become taller, skinnier, and better at running, making them the perfect farmhands. I'll drink to that. All right, I did fact check you, and apparently the Veranude Wine Estate in Stellenbosch is real in South Africa. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed you didn't April Fool me, but, you know. Cody, I'm already telling you I'm not going to April Fool you. All right. You know, they say there's nothing new under the sun, and believe it or not, you can include streaming music services on that list. Because check this out. At the turn of the 20th century, lawyer Thaddeus Cahill invented the Telharmonium. And the machine was basically the Victorian-era Spotify. The Telharmonium was an electrically-powered keyboard the size of a room that was patented in 1897. And it transmitted live music from a hub in downtown Manhattan to homes, restaurants, and hotels across the city over the telephone. So why not use the radio? Well, because that wasn't possible for another 20 years. Even the phonograph had only been in wide use for about a decade at this point, and unlike the phonograph, the Telharmonium music was live. Cahill recruited musicians to play the keyboard instrument 24 hours a day, usually two at a time. So here's how it worked. 
Customers would pick up their phone and ask the operator to connect them to the instrument. The music would then burst forth from their telephone receiver. To amplify the sound, they would just put a big paper funnel on the receiver. This old-timey streaming service cost 20 cents an hour, which is about 6 bucks an hour in today's money. But live streaming wasn't the only cool thing about the Telharmonium. See, Cahill was inspired to build this instrument by a German physicist named Hermann Helmholtz. Helmholtz had shown that every musical note was made up of many harmonics, or higher tones, that give the note its color. So like a B-flat on a clarinet sounds different than a B-flat on a violin because of each instrument's particular blend of harmonics. Helmholtz even used this concept to create an electromechanical one-note synthesizer that could mimic the sound of German vowels. He also believed that these particular harmonic blends made many instruments subpar. As far as he was concerned, the best instrument was the organ, because you could alter its tone any way you wanted. Cahill took Helmholtz's ideas and ran with them, and he designed the Telharmonium to be what he hoped was the perfect instrument. So what halted this musical revolution? Primarily, cost. The 200 tons of machinery that powered the Telharmonium drew a tremendous amount of electricity. The first instrument cost $200,000, which today would be more than $6 million. And expanding the system would require cities to build a new power plant for every 10,000 new listeners. On top of that, the sound quality was lousy. The music was faint and distorted, and it would sometimes bleed into other people's phone calls. Certainly not like the crystal clear quality you get when you listen to Curiosity Daily on Spotify today. Still, Cahill's invention paved the way for modern electronic music. I mean, the Teleharmonium was basically the world's first synthesizer. His design gave way to the electronic organ, which eventually birthed the analog synthesizer, the electronic keyboard, and the digital piano. Cahill once dreamed that music would lull people to sleep and wake them the next day. And in a way, his dream came true. I guess this one was believable. <laughs> I mean, the idea of just playing live music through the telephone is like, of course, yeah. That makes sense. I mean, we listen to music on our phones today. Why wouldn't we listen to music on our phones back in the 1900s? Do you remember ringback tones? Remind me what they are. It was when you would call somebody and instead of hearing the dialing like a beep, beep, instead you would hear a song. So like my buddy Brad uh, had some like Mozart piece. So whenever I called him, it would just play this classical music piece until he picked up his phone. I vaguely remember that. Yeah, that was like a really short period in time. I mean, yeah, it was a good idea. I don't know why those went away. Why'd they go out of style? I mean, we just don't call people anymore. <laughs> like nobody nobody even uses ringtones anymore, right? It's just... <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Back in the early 2000s, the big thing was what custom ringtone do I have? And then open office environments took over and everyone's phone is on silent all the time now. I remember that Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On started playing during a class in college on my phone, and I was very embarrassed. Why did that start playing on your phone? Because <laughs> I thought it would be funny for that to be my boyfriend's ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was kind of horrifying. <laughs> you can easily cut a ham sandwich in half with one slice, right? But what if you knocked the plate over and left the bread and the ham in a big mess? Could you still cut them in half with one single cut? Well, there's a mathematical principle that says, yes, it's still technically possible. And it's called the ham sandwich theorem. 
What else would they call it? To explain this, let's start simpler and imagine the problem with pancakes. This is called, obviously, the pancake theorem. If you have a single pancake, it's easy to cut into two equal halves. If you add a second pancake next to it on the plate, no matter how it's shaped or where it is, you'll eventually find a line that will divide them equally. If you really want to get into the math of the pancake theorem, it technically states that in the case of n equals 2... So you have two objects. Given two disjoint regions of the plane. So regions that aren't next to each other. There's a line that simultaneously divides both regions into two pieces of equal area. Easy. Okay, so back to the ham sandwich. For one more twist to our scenario, let's remove the force of gravity. So now your ham sandwich is floating in three pieces in the air, and your knife can grow as long and tall as you need it to. Ham in space. <laughs> exactly. The ham sandwich theorem says that no matter where the pieces of that sandwich are in three-dimensional space, whether they're touching, across the kitchen, or across the universe from each other, there is a way to slice your infinitely long, infinitely tall knife through all three pieces to get exactly equal halves of each. So again, in mathematical terms, the ham sandwich theorem states that given n objects floating in n-dimensional space, and in this case it's three objects floating in three-dimensional space, there exists a single n minus one dimensional, and again, in our case, that's three minus one, or two-dimensional, plane that simultaneously cuts all n objects into two pieces of equal volume. So if you're ever floating out in space with a friend who's really particular about splitting food equally, you know for certain that you can cut your ham sandwich to fairly share it with them. The only problem? The ham sandwich theorem doesn't tell you where to cut it. For that, you're on your own. Happy April Fools! We didn't fool you. Let's recap the main things that we didn't fool you with today. Well, I learned that Ashley still hates April Fool's Day and refused to do any fake stories or jokes, just playing it straight like you always do. I joke. I like humor. I just don't like humor at other people's expense. We're going to have this debate every year, but next year, get ready, because next year I have things planned, just so you know. Okay, I can't wait. Yes, you can. <laughs> Well, what we actually learned today that wasn't a joke is that hundreds of ducks are actually employed at a vineyard in South Africa so they can take care of pests, which means the vineyard can use fewer pesticides. My best friend worked at a vineyard in Stellenbosch, and she'll sometimes tell me about the months that she worked there, and it just seems so cool. I want to go to South Africa someday. Do it. Well, I tried to go... <laughs> I tried to go on a plane somewhere to make you happy, Cody, yeah. and it didn't work out. Yeah, that's why you did it. <laughs> you planned a trip to Sweden just so I would get off your back. If I had that kind of power, oh man. We also learned that more than 100 years ago, you could call a phone number and hear live musicians play music using a machine called the Telharmonium. I'm just mostly impressed that they had synthesizers back in the early 1900s. That's incredible to me but you couldn't get podcasts so right because you didn't even have radio like i would make the joke that oh well radio was the original podcast but they was there wasn't even a radio back then yeah that was a long time ago and we also learned that if you didn't already know this mathematicians have a great sense of humor 
And there is a principle actually called the ham sandwich theorem that says you can cut any group of objects in half with a single slice. Honestly, like half of what I learn about advanced mathematics just sounds like a bunch of college kids talking about random stuff in the cafeteria. And this is no exception. Yeah, that sounds about right. Just goes to show that mathematicians know how to ham it up. Just a little slice of life in the world of mathematicians. That Mayan is a big deal. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. <laughs> Today's stories were written by Ashley Hamer, Steffi Drucker, and Joni Folletto, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Curiosity Daily is produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow for another very serious episode of Curiosity Daily to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. <laughs>